the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast Special Edition with Mobile Nations. And welcome to this special edition podcast of the Cell Phone Junkie, teaming up with Mobile Nations on this pre-CES show, where the night before, actually the morning of the start of CES 2012, and we've got a cast of characters here, uh, including myself, I'm Mickey Papillon. Joey Coppas. And from Crackberry.com. Kevin Mitchell, good to talk to everybody. Renee Ritchie. From iMore, good to see you. Daniel Rubino. From WP Central. And Phil Nickinson. Hi. <laughs> AndroidCentral.com. And uh, what a, a packed day we had here. We went through, I don't even know how many devices. We haven't counted them up, but there was well over uh, 25 devices that were announced today, the majority of them being Android, but we're going to make Phil wait for a little while before we jump into all of those. Wake me up until my turn. So let's start this one off with BlackBerry, because we didn't see this one coming, but uh, Kevin, you've got yourself a brand new curve. Really? I didn't read that press release yet. Let me guess. It must be a Verizon curve. 9370, because what else is there right now? I was going to say that's what it is, because I saw the press release. You saw the press release? I didn't post that one, but uh, it was an unfortunate start to CES, because I set my alarm for 6 a.m. local time to go to the gym before, you know, having a leisurely breakfast and everything else. Instead, I woke up to find out we were an hour late and getting some early morning press releases up. Not new hardware, but we had Playbook OS 2. Rim saying they're going to preview Playbook OS 2.0 at this show. Does it have email? It does have email. Woo! Technically, I'm under... Im- what time is this going up tomorrow? Uh, this will be up sometime about, I don't know, two, three hours from now? You think... If nobody from RIM is going to talk about it... So they announced they're previewing BlackBerry Playbook OS 2.0, which we'll see on the show floor tomorrow. Perfect. But I've already run through it today. So, which I already ran through when I was like in Waterloo in the summer. So I don't know. Like, really? Do embargoes matter? I don't know pretty sure i can talk about it it does have native email uh it's got some web os synergy to it though because beyond email you can add your linkedin and facebook's i already posted pictures of that a few months ago too because it's on my playbook at home so (laughs) is it really news at this point i'm not sure it took a year but the implementation's not good or is is good the implementation was not fast but it was good um one of the interesting things though for somebody like you mickey who knows uh blackberry's ins and outs is that it, it's using active sync for the transport which is actually probably a better way to go with it's better point. it works it's right it actually absolutely <laughs> if works. you delete an email it instantly syncs over oh my god who would have thought so uh it's, not it's weird because it's a little like it's a bit of irony in there right for for blackberry the king to be using active sync but uh it's working it looks really good Contacts really powerful. Again, it's pulling in more than just contacts. It's pulling in all your social data for user profiles, and uh, it's looking good. And then there's some other cool features in there, like BlackBerry Remote, so you could hook your playbook up to your your TV with the HDMI out, sit in your you know sit on your couch with your BlackBerry smartphone, open the Bridge app, and then basically use the touchscreen on your BlackBerry to navigate around your playbook. All the bezel gestures from the playbook are put onto your screen as swipe gestures. And then you can actually use your keyboard on the BlackBerry to type on the playbook. So if you want a big screen BlackBerry, it's pretty cool. Mm. And there's some other features like uh, link to open. So if you know somebody sends me a, a URL and an email to, to check out you know, on my BlackBerry, when I open that email on my BlackBerry smartphone, I can hit the menu key and say open on playbook. And it'll just pop it over to the playbook, open it up. So what if the, you have an iPhone in a playbook or an Android in a playbook, though? No, the bridge features are for... 
both. You know, that's the that's the added value benefit. But it's looking good. Um, and I mean, it's you know, this evolution is moving into BlackBerry 10, so it shows that BlackBerry 10 on smartphones, it's happening, right? The, the nuts and bolts that need to be there for the phones need to be there. What I find interesting though is if we have Active Sync here. That pretty much means BlackBerry 10 smartphones are going to have Active Sync. Mm-hmm. We know that licensing fees are a big part of RIM, not revenue, but profit. Uh, so now I'm really curious to do this analysis or get somebody smarter than me to do this analysis, you know, looking a year out, two years out and saying, okay, if RIM's licensing fees go away, how does that revenue model change? Because now they're basically a hardware manufacturer at that point. And, and uh, it's, it's different, different game. But here's the question. I mean, are, are, would you rather get rid of the licensing fees and uh, keep the subscribers or just lose the subscribers altogether because they're not buying Blackberries anymore? Because exactly. Of yeah, I think RIM's real approach here is they've got more to gain than there is to lose by, you know, ticking off some of the hardcore fan base. And uh, they're already leaving, you know, a lot of them. So, so they're doing, I think they're making the right decisions, but they need to speed up. But I, I, I get the sense already that it's... Uh, you know, RIM's had tough times. A lot of people have left RIM, but I think the people there working now are incredibly focused. They're incredibly motivated because when you read really crappy headlines about your company, you take it personally and you want to prove them wrong. Uh, so I think they are all buckling down and doing doing what they think are the best things. And they're focusing and cutting out any distractions. But, you know, nobody's waiting for them to catch up. So they've, they've got a challenge ahead. But Playbook OS 2 looks good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for our next podcast later this week to see what you guys think of it. Cause I think it's, it's rounding out nicely, you know, having the, the Android apps that are technically Blackberry apps. Once they're on the playbook, be there and adding to the long tail of apps available. And, you know, we finally have angry birds. They're filling in some of the gaps we've had. It's becoming more of, you know, more compelling for the average person to actually think about this in their purchase decision. So when do we start talking about playbook 2.0? Uh, it's going to be released in February, so what they you know extended to in August. So if we think about the timeline there, there's DevCon Europe early February, so it may get released then, or they may hold off until MWC later that month to to make it publicly available for download. But looking at it, it's pretty polished. I mean, it is. Uh, I, I think they by by delaying and delaying, they're just really working out bugs and and even the speed of the BlackBerry Bridge, which historically I was not really using between my BlackBerry smartphone and Playbook because. I felt it just bogged down the smartphone and the playbook very quick. So, I mean, if you're outside of Wi-Fi and you want to take advantage, it's, it's actually more compelling now than it's, it's ever been. So, promising. And the other big news was uh, BlackBerry OS 7.1 got announced, which CrackBerry's been leaking to BlackBerry owners for uh, a long time now, so it's not really a, a big deal. But, yay, we can get it publicly without getting takedown notices. <laughs> Very nice, and uh, yeah, this one was uh, this was nice to see. Interestingly, they included the FM uh, radio in some of the devices that had that built in the hardware. Yeah, I guess on the Marvell chipset, so the curves, uh, that's just something that's there, and I guess Rim's taking advantage of it. I don't think the Qualcomm, you know, the one point two gigahertz devices have it, but uh, so the curves have it. I, I haven't even done the the checking it to see if the ninety seven ninety has it because that is on Marvell, so maybe that'll get it too or have it too. Um, but yeah, kind of a neat feature. Why not throw it in there if you have it? Mm-hmm. Going back to this uh, 9370 that was announced, uh, do you care about this much? And, and if so, why or why not? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. it's a low-cost messaging phone in Verizon. I mean, I don't think they're going to put big marketing dollars behind it. Maybe if there's some corporations and stuff, Rock and Blackberries that want to upgrade. Yeah, it's a good, cheap phone that's that's decent, but it's a pretty basic 
messaging device is going to be the way it's positioned. Let me that. see. Let me see if I can change your mind here. So I'm holding here a 9330. And you love that phone. I love this phone. I've actually been using this phone for just almost uh, over two years now, uh, yes. coming up on two years. And so it's time to get a replacement. And uh, it's an enterprise device. We don't spend money on devices. It's the cheapest BlackBerry that you can get that's out there. So it's going to be a curve. Verizon just end of life the curve 3Gs. So we're looking for something new. So now we've got the 9370 to go. So that's going to be the device that our entire corporation buys for the that's upgrade good. cycle. That's now. good news. That makes me happy. I guess, you know, like I said, it's a, it's more of an enterprise upgrade thing than it is uh, winning back the hearts of Americans with new Blackberries. You know, that's going to be Blackberry 10, but uh, that's good. You know, they need to make sales and, you know, RIM is in a uh, revenue position. They need to make, make, keep the cash coming in until they, they make their evolutionary leap in technology platform. Yeah. Chairman or just, you know, a board member, but uh yeah, I had to have, it's coming. I've got a lot of support behind me. I was out, that's where I just came from. I was a little late getting here for the podcast, but we had a fundraising dinner. So we got a few mil in the bank to make the, uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> you cannot confirm or deny. Send PayPal donations to Kevin at crackberry.com. I promise I will not spend the money on watches. And, <laughs> well, I won't make that promise. Maybe rim shares. And once I own enough of them, <laughs> I'll vote myself in. Well, some, uh, you know, I guess, good announcements, and I, I was actually pleased to see the new Curve come, I probably more than most people are, but um, I, I know we're going to hear more from you as well, but I want to transition and talk about iOS now, because probably the next, uh, the next platform that most people would think that we would not see much from here, but uh, actually, of course, like they do every year, Apple does happen to get some news out there, and it still does get some posts up on some of the blogs. It's, it's remarkable, Mickey. I mean, we, we've been to CES together for three years now, and even though Apple would never be caught dead at this show, they are always in the press cycle for the show. This year, it's televisions. Apple has not announced a television, yet other companies are, quote-unquote, scrambling to respond to an unexisting Apple television and are trying to figure out strategies for imaginary products. I mean, we've not only created things that don't exist, but we've created a competition to it now. That's right. Yeah. So you had uh, you, you had obviously the announcement of the five year of uh, five year old iPad or the birthday yeah. I get, or iPad iPhone today. Five years ago today, Steve Jobs yeah, took the Macworld stage and he introduced a revolutionary communicator, a breakthrough mobile phone, and a widescreen iPod, and uh, suckered us into thinking there were three devices for about half a second before showing off the iPhone. Yeah. And I think like credit where credit is due. It was a we were all I was using a Trio six fifty or six eighty at the time. And it was it was a remarkable demonstration because they showed a fully functioning phone. He demonstrated it, apps were on it, it was multi-touch, which was not very common back then. It was a full screen device, which also people loved keyboards back then. And they really changed the game. And we have Android now and Windows Phone now. We have this we've had the storm and now the torch. No, but everyone has responded to that phone. It was the same way Trio defined that era of phones. The iPhone defined the next few years, and it'll be interesting to see what's next. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it's not like iOS is apart from the show. I mean, you walk around, and probably well over fifty percent of the people are carrying iOS devices, whether it's an iPhone or an iPad this year specifically. And every other booth is filled with cases for said products to a degree that's almost stupefying. Uh, and I guess it's easy because Apple only changes the casing, you know, once every two years, so they can make one mold and just manufacture the hell out of it. But it's becoming like apps. I mean, it's getting as hard to sort through iOS accessories as it is apps. So you're not going to try and cover everything that's being released for your products here at the show? We're going to try and curate, much as the App Store. No, we're going to curate more than the App Store. I'd argue they don't curate enough anymore. But yeah, we're going to take a look for the best of the best. 
Um, and it's interesting because there's rumors already of an iPad 3. We're seeing tons of new and- – I think before Phil's plane landed, three Android tablets were announced. And the rumors are Apple's going to have an iPad 3 with a retina display, uh, a faster chipset. Who knows You know what else is going to be in it? Maybe – I don't know, is it early for LTE, Mickey? No, we're going to see. Th- that's when they're going to announce it is going to be for the tablet. They'll they'll easily come out with that before they come out with it for the phone. Because they can put a ginormous honking battery in that tablet. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and so again, I mean, Apple's not here, but uh, every, the minute a tablet is announced, it's going to be compared to another non-existing Apple product. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, the rumors of uh, a 3 coming out here and then a 4 later this year, I, I, I I'm not buying it at all. Uh, but this is the same exact rumor we had last year this time. I, I'm beginning to wonder if these rumors come out so that people don't buy um, and don't buy uh, like current generation devices. It's like trying to scare people away. But no, no, Apple will – Apple is, is – you can't predict them, but they usually go in cycles. So we, we should see a new iPad spring to summer. Well, I think that's probably a, a better recommendation as far as people that are looking for Because I know it's always tough. You come out of the holiday buying season and people are saying – Wait a second. I just bought a new iPad for somebody as a gift, and all of a sudden now there's a new one that's coming out, and the rumor mill just stretches on for multiple well, months. It's not, and like, it's not like you know Tim Cook's going to jump out of a bottle, smash your existing iPad, and run away screaming. I mean, look, you're still using the device you bought, and it's probably going to be a good device for people, especially this this iPad too. I mean, I think most people, when you tell them, well, it's got a you know a twice you know a quad core processor, it's got a Retina display, they'll say, yeah. okay, if I'm going to choose between two devices to buy, I'm going to buy that one. But as far as an upgrade path, I'm probably not going to need to do that. And the interesting question will be, will Apple keep the iPad 2 around the way they've kept iPhones around and lower the price to compete with like the Amazons and the lower-priced Android tablets? Because uh, right now, 500 bucks is the entry price. If that dropped down to 400 300 for an iPad 2, it gets interesting again. I think uh, I think 299 is probably the price point that we'll see it at. I would love to see half price, but I think 249 is a little bit low for that. They can sell it for 300 and it'll sell. Yeah, and there's but there's there's also there's no subsidies for this. So that's and Apple is very used to making 30% margins. It'll take uh, Tim Cook is not as religious about things as as Steve Jobs was, but it's going to be interesting to see if Apple will do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think there's 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 good reason to think that that's how it's going to work, just from the history that we've seen, and and I think that's going to be the precedent for the iPads, you know, after we, with the third one we have here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got uh, a lot of Android devices, but we're not going to talk about those right now. We're going to talk about Windows Phone. We're going to let Phil go back to sleep for just a second, and uh, you know, there were some pretty big things that came out of here with from Windows this week, and and uh, number one, um, probably the the most shocking piece of uh, specification that has come out of a phone that I can remember here in the last couple of months. The HTC Titan 2 with LTE, a replacement for the Titan. Uh, But Dan, it's got a 16 megapixel camera on it. Yeah, this really came as a surprise. Uh, I mean, we knew the Titan 2 now for probably a couple of weeks and that this was rumored to come out. In and of itself, that was interesting because the Titan is such a new phone that to be replaced within the next couple of months, it's uh, it's just bizarre. Windows Phone hasn't had that sort of... Um, that's almost an Android lifecycle right there. But despite all that, we, we knew that it was going to have LTE, and that kind of made sense a little bit. Microsoft has been holding off on LTE till the chipsets were newer and it had better battery life. But this 16 megapixel camera really came out of nowhere. No one expected it. The previous Titan had an 8 megapixel. So this is effectively doubling that. Now, in fairness, adding megapixels to a camera doesn't necessarily make it better. It really depends on the sensor. But HTC sensors have been pretty good this generation with the BIS backlit sensor. Uh, and from my usage of it, it's was pretty decent, actually. What really surprised me, though, was when you took the photo, there was actually no delay or lag. You would expect that 
processing that much more information would really result in a, a different experience, but it felt like I was using the same camera on the original Titan. So that was pretty impressive. Um, now, like I said, megapixels don't really sell... I don't know if they're going to sell the phone. Perhaps they will, but, you know, people have been saying that Windows Phone needs to sort of went out in the spec wars. Uh, this, I think, kind of brings that game up. It, it may not make it an actual better camera, but as far as press goes, it's going to really bring a lot of attention, I think, to HTC and Windows Phone. What else uh, do we need to know about this? I mean, obviously, LTE is, I think, the biggest story with this. And um, I know it's going to be out here, you know, soon. Um, but, you know, is there anything else about this? If people are looking to, to go and buy a device, would you recommend now, if they're an AT&T customer, wait for it? Uh, yeah, I, I don't see, you know, why they wouldn't wait for it. The design, it's still the same Titan, but they refined certain aspects of it. So now the bottom kind of has like a little, the chin that HTC is kind of known for. But it actually works when you're typing in landscape mode. It actually feels a little better to hold it. The buttons feel a little bit better too. And overall, the device feels a little bit more refined. They went with the unibody design of the HTC radar. Uh, so it doesn't have a removable battery. That's a potential downside. On the other hand, it does feel really nice in the hands. So, um, you know, I think the Titan 2, it's a solid, solid device. I feel kind of bad for people who bought the original titan <laughs> it's such a, a quick mm-hmm. uh update but uh lte uh should perform very well i found it really interesting that lte is not something you can toggle on and off the device apparently it's just going to be on and if it picks up lte it'll use it if it doesn't it, it won't and that's unusual because on android devices uh i think they're used to having a toggle to manually change that so that's gonna be kind of interesting well, and, you know, honestly, we've had some issues with that on uh, the Android side with the switching between the 4G and the 3G and just how smooth that is or not smooth, as the case is. And so that, that will be an interesting thing to see. And if there's a lot of problems with it, I'm guessing they'll put a toggle in there at some point. Yeah, and it seems like Microsoft and Qualcomm and everybody work together to really make sure that LTE isn't going to be uh, draining the battery as much as it does on Android. And partly it has to do with the way the background processes work on Windows Phone. It's not as intensive as Android is. So I think, I mean, we'll kind of go on a leap of faith here, but I really think that with Windows Phone, it's going to be a different experience. People won't have to manage their connections, which they shouldn't have to, right? It should just be running, and it just happens magically. And so... That's the experience I'm expecting. I don't um, imagine that we're going to have a significant decrease in battery. And the Titan 2 does have a, a larger battery to sort of make up for it anyway. So, um, But we won't really know until we get real-world speed tests. Well, probably one of the biggest stories of the show, and uh, definitely caught most of the attention leading into the show, is uh, Nokia announcing the Lumia 800 coming to AT&T. And, you know, if the Titan isn't your style, uh, I would say certainly the Lumia has probably got uh, got your eyes on it. Yeah, actually, it was the, the 900. Sorry, uh, 900. Yeah, yeah. They're very similar, actually. The, the 900 is essentially the 800, just larger. I mean, it's a 4.3-inch screen device as opposed to the 3.7, that's the 800. Now, this was anticipated for a while, and there really was no surprises with it. It It's going to come with the 8-megapixel camera, Carl Zeiss lens optics on the back. Uh, It does have a very low aperture front-facing camera, which is sort of nice, a f2.4, 1.3 megapixel, which actually be really good for video conferencing. And that actually is sort of an exception as far as uh, smartphones go. Uh, The device, though, is very, very nice looking. So Nokia is not going to really win here on specs, but they're going to win here on looks. 
And in smartphones and consumer devices, that's actually extremely, extremely poor, and as I think Apple consistently demonstrates. And I think this is going to be the best competitor against the Apple iPhone in that regard. It's just, it's a really nice device. Big words, Dad, big words. Our <laughs> ancient rival is back. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Uh, AT&T is backing this device. Uh, you know, they're not just putting it out there, but supposedly they're going to be heroing it, which means they're actually promoting it themselves. Uh, people are going to have incentive to sell this phone in the stores. And so this is going to be the, the first time a carrier is going to really, really push Windows Phone. And I think this is something we actually need to get it out there into consumers' minds that this is a, a viable alternative. And the first big push for Nokia in North America. It's true. In a long time, at least, yeah. And, actually, yeah. and, and you know, we got some, some time with it tonight. And, and honestly, it looks really nice. I, I think that there's probably no other Windows Phone out there that looks uh, as good as this one does. And, and you know, if you're a an AT&T customer, and again, if the Titan doesn't, uh, you know, that doesn't work for you, then the 900 certainly may. There were, uh, there were iPhone fan bloggers going gaga over this phone. I think it's, it's one of the most visually impactful phones we've seen since the original iPhone came out. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Now, we don't have availability on it. We don't have pricing. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, this really shows that Nokia is pushing aggressively to get back here in the U.S. market and get these devices out. My feeling on this is that uh, it's a production issue, that they need to ramp up production. These phones are going to be manufactured by Nokia themselves, not by a third party. And it takes time to get that, especially with the polycarbonate process that they use with the coloring. Um, so it's going to be available in cyan and black. The cyan is absolutely amazing looking. And once you see that device in person, it's just gorgeous. So I expect it probably by March. Pricing has been rumored at 249 but they said they're going to uh, price it aggressively, so I don't think we'll see it uh, higher than 199 It's pretty rare to see a phone announced and priced and dated all at the same time now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't see that very often, so I'm not sure if that has anything to do with polycarbonate, hydrogen, whatever manufacturing process it goes through. Yeah. yeah. Every Apple sure. event price, release date, yep. phone. Yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think you know this, but says that you know Nokia is uh, you know it was six months after the deal with Microsoft that they released or announced the 800, and so they're very they're moving very very quickly here. And I think that's an example here with the 900. So they're a little unsure and they don't want to commit necessarily, but um, now it's going to be a good device, and I'll be interested to see what the pricing is. It, it does need to be. Comp- uh, price comparatively in order for it to succeed that's for sure i have to say i've never seen a device that's basically gotten the attention of two press conferences not only the at&t developer summit this morning uh where steven elop came out and we're all thought okay here it comes we're gonna hear it and then nope you got to come back and hear it later but everyone knew yeah. this is what was coming and i think it that has to do with and i hate to almost say this but i think it has to do with a little bit of iphone fatigue uh like we we're mentioning iphones really are everywhere they're they're just no matter where, if I'm in New York City or here, I see iPhones everywhere. And there becomes a saturation point where people start looking for alternative. Android has actually served that for a while, but then Android has its own sort of issues with, uh, you know, fragmentation in the marketplace. And there's just so many devices to keep up with. It's almost difficult that there is no single device you can pin as the Android phone. Yeah, and it, Right. Yeah, the Nexus series and you know can come close, but I don't even think consumers necessarily understand what that means. So I think this phone is actually going to really stick out as being that one single phone that people can point at and say that's a Windows phone. That's what it means. So 
Especially if what you're saying is true with the, the advertising and if they're going to hero the device that absolutely this is going to be what the one that people have their minds on and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like what happened with, with the Droid brand. It's it's something that Android is no longer Android to the, the general consumer. It's Droid. And, and I don't know how the advertising is going to come out for this, if it's going to be specifically for the Lumia brand or if it's going to be for Windows Phone and the Lumia 900 sold by AT&T, made by Nokia, or however they're going to put right. that. But yeah. whatever they focus on, that's what people are going to know. Yeah, and just uh, people just need to look at what Nokia's been doing the last couple of weeks in Europe as far as advertising, and uh, it's been extremely impressive. The Dead Mouse uh, campaign that they used where they had a giant building and they projected this giant light show onto it was, I mean... That was awesome, by the way, if you haven't seen that. Yeah. It's worth watching. It's, I mean, a really trippy thing, and Nokia knows how to advertise both in small markets and massive markets, and so... That expertise is going to be really valuable here in the United States. I'm really curious to see what we're going to you know, find out, like I think around March. I think we'll see some really, really big events. Well, just a couple of months for that one, and uh, you know, certainly we'll see a lot with that one. So, all right, Mr. Android, you're up now. This was uh, just an insane day. We knew it was going to be crazy when it started off, and AT&T takes the stage, and they say, okay, we're announcing six new Android devices, and uh, really that was just the start of it. So... That I mean, that was kind of a logistical nightmare, but not hardly like a huge deal because we've seen that sort of thing happen before. I'm trying to pull up my list here right now, but AT&T is being a little slow. Um, by last count, I think we had something like 18 devices come out in the past 48 hours or, or be announced. They're not all here. We're not going to get our hands on all of them while we're in Vegas, I think. Um, but Jesus, yeah, it was a lot of devices. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of reviews coming up here. So, um, do you, let's start with uh, talking about the ones that AT and T came out with. So they came out and they they had uh, and one of them was a tablet. Uh, you know, to be fair, but they sure. ca- they came out and they announced the Pantech Burst uh, and also the Samsung Exhilarate 4G LTE. Both of these devices are sub fifty dollar devices on contract, which is just fantastic for those that are looking to get in on 4G and don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah, I mean. It- I don't even look at pricing when I think at phones anymore. Um, so much of that has to do with how the carrier is going to market it and not necessarily – you can't look at the pricing of a phone and say, all right, well, a $50 phone can't be as good as a $100 phone or a $200 phone. Just yeah. – in some ca- well, no, in some cases you can I mean, just because. And, but that doesn't mean you should. Backflip. I remember the backflip. That was a good phone. So, uh, all right, so let's – uh, yeah, God, this is a lot of phones. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Does not fit on the screen of a Nexus. That is true. Next page. <laughs> how about the uh, How about the element? So I was I'm sitting there watching this press conference this morning, and the the element here is an affordable tablet. They're they're touting it as coming out for three hundred dollars uh, on contract, and for a, a, a limited amount of time, you can actually get it for fifty dollars off, and they'll give you um, they'll give you a phone for free. The uh, they'll they'll give you that burst for free. So that's kind of interesting. And actually, that's pretty important. Don't look at it like a a three hundred dollar tablet. You're basically what is it two fifty for a tablet and a phone. And I like how they're doing that instead of doing well. In the way Motorola does it is if you buy a Droid Razor, you get $100 off a Droid Zyboard. They don't actually tell you what a Zyboard is, but you'll get $100 off it. Um, but in this case, I, I like how they're doing it better. They say, look, 350 bucks or whatever it is, you get a phone and a tablet. Not 
you know, not a discount. Here's what you pay. Here's what you get. And that's the way you should sell things, I think. Yeah. And, and honestly, we, you know, we, we joked about it at Android Central this past week. And guys, this is not waterproof. This is water resistant. Yes. They started the, the introduction to this device with it in a bucket of water. And you could see it up there on stage if for five If that's something you really minutes. have to worry about, I don't think you should have a tablet. Hey, look, using a device over out by the pool is, you know, something that a lot of people do. And yeah, it's 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 something that's unique. It's, it's you know, maybe you like to, uh, you know, read your e-books in the bathtub and you don't want to be concerned about these things. Next device, sir. Next device. We can uh, we can possibly talk a little bit about the Galaxy S2 Skyrocket HD What's making that? making a run for the worst named Android yeah. device of the year. Is there a comment there? Not in a world of the Sprint Samsung Galaxy S2 Epic 4G Touch. Hey, the Samsung Galaxy 2 Skyrocket HD is not that much better. You guys make me laugh. So what makes it a Skyrocket HD out of curiosity? I mean, obviously, it's faster, right? <laughs> Skyrocket! It's higher density. For people who still do acid. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's got a, a Super AMOLED HD screen, so it's 720p, basically, and that's the big deal. And 720p is where it's at now. So, you know, I've been using the uh, Galaxy Nexus for a while, and, and once you go 720p, you'll never go back or something. Mm-hmm. Does it make retina displays on iPhones look like amateur? No, no. Yes. It does not. It does not. It does not Those at all. Does too. Does too. <laughs> Only if you close your eyes and tilt your head. But iPhone displays are so small. But but here's the thing, the the original Skyrocket is like a month old now. <laughs> it, we this is a bad trend we're seeing happen just in the past couple of weeks. Is these phones that are a month or two old, yeah, already being supplanted? Now we have the Motorola Droid Razor Max. I, I saw you discussing this phone tonight. Yes, and I was kind of sitting next to Phil, like going, wait. I don't know that much about Androids, but I know that the Droid Razor was just announced. You have the Droid Razor, which is all of 59 days old, and then they announced the Droid Razor Max, which is the s- same damn thing with a bigger battery, with twice the battery. Right. Built which in. actually makes it look like a normal phone. Yeah, I mean, in fairness. It, wow, I read your review, and I think you said if it had twice the battery, this would be not as. It would be a better phone. Yeah, I probably did, or, or something to that effect. And you hold it in your hand, and it feels fine. It feels great. So, I mean. For all these people who bought the original Razer, which is a fine phone, but they must feel like just total crap now. Yeah, the battery's not big enough. You know, I I made a big deal the past week or so about feeling good about the phone you have, and I think that's important for all of you know for us who write about these things to help you feel good about your phone. People want to feel good about their phones. Motorola just kicked them in the nuts right there. I think (laughs) Verizon sixteen months for my phone. Yeah, Yeah, right. So, you know, 3,300 milliamp hours, though. That's huge. That's, that's a nice battery. That's a battery? Yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. better than most extended batteries yep. that you can buy from pretty much any manufacturer. And more important, it gives you that in a very, very slim form factor. Yeah, so so it, it's not like a giant wart sticking off the back. It so just looks normal. So about 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon? They, they, they're touting 21, 21 hours of talk time. Wow. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't they just wait and announce this as the phone? I don't know. And, and that's the thing. And, and well, I think they want the thinnest thing right that yeah. i mean because that sells they, regardless of battery life records like well the thinnest phone and then in two months it'll be the longest battery phone Motorola, that razor thing was you know they want to bring it back so yeah so the max so this is this is this is verizon's big one right here uh obviously they had the well, droid this four. week this week well they had the droid 4 too this week too I yes mean, but we knew this was coming yeah the droid 4 is 
kind of been the worst kept secret of the season. I mean, Verizon's had a habit for the past year or two, or, or maybe we're just learning about it more, of having these phones in the stable and ready to go. I mean, a year ago it was the merge, and that never came out. Um, or two years, however long ago that was. So, I mean, and this probably happens all the time, and we just never hear about it. We, ne- you know, we're not supposed to know. But yeah, the Droid Four has been waiting in the wings. We've got it now. Uh, to me, and I played with it tonight. The keyboard's pretty good. It's backlit, which is nice. Uh, it's light. So, I mean, the hmm. Droid Three was lighter than the Droid Two, I believe. But this thing is light and noticeably so. Yeah. Is it this con- construction still feels solid? Yeah. Though? Oh, yeah. Totally solid. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of business and enterprise stuff on it and security. So that's a very make... flat keyboard that I know. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, but that's partly I think to make it extremely thin. So, yeah. but it looked nice. I have to admit. Yeah, it's, it's nicely done. But again, the Droid Three is not even a year old. So let, let's pick up the pace a little bit on these. So next, you've got. Uh, yeah, we do have eighteen on the list. We do. Yeah, and, and, and I think we're missing a couple. And in the uh, the one of the the other ones that probably doesn't need all that much discussion is the Galaxy Tab Seven Seven with LTE on yep. Verizon. Seven inch tab. Yep, there you go. Uh, also on AT and T, we missed two. Uh, first off, the Xperia Ion from Sony. You think about that? No, I got to get my hands on it and see. Yeah, honestly, don't. Uh, and then of course the Note. Uh, finally, Samsung Galaxy Note. I've played with that before. Um, I'm gonna go see it again. Tuesday or Wednesday, I forget when. Yeah, it, it's a nice big fast phone, and people. I mean, I've light. Got a, I've got a little. Yeah, and it's very light. I've got a lot of. How big? Five inches. Oh. Big. No, and I've got a little crap for being surprised that people are attracted to this phone so much. I figured everybody would think it's Me too, too big. Yeah, I've had people that have said you got to stop talking negative about yeah. it. This is something that is going to be my next phone. So absolutely. Uh, then we had uh, some some other ones that weren't necessarily mainstream, or at least going to be mainstream here in the U.S. First off, Lenovo with the uh, the S two and the was it the S two P? Sure. I can't remember what the other one is, but yeah. So you've got the couple of those there. Huawei, or sorry, that was. Uh, Huawei is the other one who did that. They had the Ascend P1 and the Ascend P1S. Yes. Touting those the world's thinnest smartphones. Yeah, I've seen Huawei say first a lot and not necessarily be correct in that, though. Have, but did you get your hands on it tonight? No, Jared was that that. It's amazing. Is it good? It, it's got ICS on it. It, it gives the it gives your phone a run for its money. Seriously. It's, it's pretty good. I, ICS is going to do a lot for a lot of phones. Yeah, I think so. I just like to say I use the original Android... T1, T-Mobile, T- G1, 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 when Android was, what, 1.0? And I used, I own a Galaxy Nexus with, what is that, ICS is 4.0? 4.0. And I don't really see, the like, what happened in between, because it's not that big a difference. It's the same. <laughs> slightly prettier. It was easy to search. It was easy to use. I'm like, really? You've been talking about all this stuff for two years, and that's all that's changed? He's got live wallpapers now. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, really? I really? Think things have changed a little bit. 17,000 blog posts, and that's all that's happened. I, I brought with me a, an ICS phone and a gingerbread phone, and I hate pulling the gingerbread I'm phone out. It's just like 1 a.m., and I'm tired. <laughs> and he's, he's jealous you got a new OS out this year. He's jealous you got 18 phones. <laughs> and my playbook is going to go like three years before we see a new one. <laughs> it took me 16 months. I, I tell you, really, and, and we could go over the rest of these phones one by one, but. For the most part, they're just more Android phones, I mean, right? Is it like a twenty, like a Pareto rule? You know, twenty eighty, twenty percent of the phones are mean something. The other eighty percent are just filler. Uh, is it it's slightly? Who they mean something to, and and we'll see because I've never seen a release like this. But really, what took it today was I was in the. Uh, I was in the NVIDIA press conference, and they were going over the quad core stuff a lot more, and and oh. we're learning more about what it can do, and uh, some of the not necessarily shadings. I'm. I'm trying to remember some of the things they could do. Oh, one of the things is uh, the the touch. Um, 
you know how many points it registers every second or whatever and they can basically do three times as many on quad core than you can on dual core and it's pretty incredible to see that so that's going to give you more accuracy in gaming right, and, and yeah well yeah and then, plus they have the fifth ninja core they call it that does low power stuff and actually it's a really cool idea but actually the big deal was they came out with a seven inch tablet and i don't quite remember the name because they didn't quite say the name there's some confusion over what the name may be it's a big mess but the bottom line is it's a 7-inch quad-core tablet for $250. That is a big deal because I'm sitting here holding an invisible Amazon Kindle Fire and, you know, Barnes & Noble Nook tablet. Yeah, the, the Kindle is dual-core, or is Kindle dual-core? I can't remember. Um, but it's $200. I know the Nook tablet is uh, $250 and it's dual-core. But this thing is quad-core, 7-inch, great form factor. Ice cream sandwich for two hundred and fifty dollars. That's yeah. going to be now. The question is going to be marketing and availability, and you know where they're actually selling this thing. And also sustainability, because you start selling stuff at really low margin, your ability to continue that as a business is right. highly you know volatile. I don't know, but everybody's jaw kind of dropped. So one of the other jaw droppers is the Galaxy Nexus on Sprint. Yeah, I mean, look, and I've said, I think, from day one that I thought Sprint was going to get it. Sprint did sure. too well with the Nexus S4G to not do it. So CNET leaked it last week. And the big question was, were they going to announce it in this week? And they announced it, and that's it. We don't know anything else. We don't know when. We don't know how much. I assume it'll be probably 200 bucks. We do know Jerry will do the review. Yes, Jerry will do the review. I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, it's going to be LTE, but we don't know when Sprint's LTE network is coming. Oh. Just By, by mid- mid-year. Well, by mid-year. I mean... Okay, so they announced something that's not coming out for another five months. Business, oh, business as usual. They got to stop doing that. Yeah, four cities, ten. Well, four four name cities so far. Right, uh, eight to come. Three in Texas, oh, Atlanta. Skyrocket, Super Quad, Cosmo, Comma, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, extreme to throw extreme in the it's title. Extreme. Kevin does not like any phone that have at least four numbers in the name. Yes. Let me run through the rest of these here, and then we can get done with this here. Do you want to hear uh, Dan talking about some of the Windows phones with all these numbers in them? Because you have some numbers, right? Nokia. Just Nokia. Nokia. Nokia, okay. Yeah. So I hear you talking about the Nokias, and then I keep thinking you're talking about Blackberries. So like the 7 to 9 to, I'm like, oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah. Dan likes Blackberries? Oh. <laughs> he didn't so- so we got uh, we've got Metro PCS. Uh, they had the Samsung Galaxy Attain 4G and LG Connect 4G. There you go. Those, what? Those those were announced. I think you made that last one out. No. Uh, we also have the LG Spectrum with uh, 4G officially announced on Verizon. So there's that. Uh, then we also had the Sprint LG Viper 4G LTE. That's a great name for a phone. Actually. Sure, sure. Was there a Galaxy Cricket? Did I miss something? And I think we've got the rest of them. Uh, that was. That- I could swear there's something missing. I, I couldn't keep up with it all today. Like I'm feeding press releases to the guys back home while I'm in press conferences where more phones are being announced. It it was Ooh. it was rough. It was a rough day. Say for the record, I'm still waiting for the Samsung Galaxy Far Far Away. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right then. I'm just saying this. It's one in the morning here. It's three in the morning where I live, and I've been working since seven a.m. And I think we're still going to have more announcements before I go to bed. Would, would not surprise me. Yeah, it's Has anybody seen anything cool yet that's, you know, not just cell phones or tablets, but, you know, car tech using mobile? I, auto- I Actually, yeah. Did you guys pop by the Ford booth at Pepcom tonight? Back. So, and, and these are the guys who I went and saw, Scott Fosgard, who was there. That's who brought me up to Detroit mm-hmm. earlier, uh, or 
uh, back in the summer to see their stuff there. They're doing some really interesting stuff, and and actually what they were using was, uh, and I thought it looked familiar, and it because it really did look like a Microsoft product, and that's who they teamed up with to do it. And it's basically, I mean, it connects to your phone, it pulls in your contacts, and it does it the way it's supposed to. So, Joey, let's talk real quick about the, uh, the the announcement that we went to this afternoon, which was between Ford and NPR, and it's a sync partnership. And, and the sync system is something that is, has been in the vehicles now for a couple of years, and, and they announced the applications through the AppLink technology last year. Uh, but what they did now was they've finally brought on the first news organization, i.e. NPR, to have access to it. So if you're an NPR, uh, was it the NPR media app or whatever it is, you can now use that in the vehicle. In the vehicle, and it gives you the capability of pulling up any station uh, NPR station throughout the country uh, from anywhere where you're at, where you've got data f- connection on your phone. You can also pick any uh, actual title, any program you want on demand. You can ask it to pick a particular category that you want, and it'll just start playing uh, that particular category that's most popular. And uh, before you discount this as not being that big of a deal, uh, NPR self-proclaimed that public radio features seven of the top ten stations in the country, I believe, as far as listenership. Actually, it, it's a bigger deal, not in so much that it's NPR, but that it's for doing it. This is something that GM, this is what they brought me up there to see back in the summer. GM's doing the same thing, and, and they started out with Pandora and Stitcher, so they're going the music route. Uh, but you're going to see more of this. You're going to see more of... Not necessarily the apps being embedded in the cars themselves, but the car running the app that's on your device. Exactly, exactly. And that's the big deal. Yeah, and it's because it's it's easy, whether it's iOS or Android or soon-to-be Windows Phone. That was the funny thing, is there was actually an analyst there who asked the question, okay, so Sync was developed by Microsoft. Yep. Is Microsoft now going to get this technology on their phones? And they said, we're working with all right. of the manufacturers. They had yeah. no they real answer, but... Well, and a lot of these things are based on Qnix, and you and I talked about it. A lot of these, they call them infotainment. And a lot of them, they're either Cunix-based or uh, Unix-based. Pretty neat stuff, though. This, the, uh, to answer your question, I think this was probably one of the, the more interesting things. And, you know, as someone who's in the market for a new car, you got to go look at the uh, 2013 Fusion. You just look at the front of it, and it looks like an Aston. No kidding. So oh, add this into it, and it's it's a recipe for a good, and good the car. Ideal is, and if you looked at the demo they had tonight, that's a 7-inch touchscreen. Yeah. Um, tomorrow night, you guys need to go check out the Cadillac Q. Uh, it'll be at Showstoppers. This is a, it's seven inches and it has haptics in it. Oh boy. I got to play with this in San Diego back in October. Can I turn that off too? It's very, very cool. <laughs> no, it's not. It's haptics. Come on. All right. Uh, other than that though, anything else that, I mean, the show floor hasn't even opened yet. Yeah. So we're just, we're talking everything for press releases at this point, press conferences. Um, no. No, nobody. Not yet, but we got a lot of devices, and that's a good way to start off the show. Uh, we'll be hitting it uh, the ground running tomorrow morning. I know the Mobile Nations guys all have tons of meetings set up, as do Joey and I, and we'll be back here in a couple of days to do a mid-show slash end-of-show recap of all the great stuff that we've seen. So, guys, thank you very much for your time tonight, and Joey, thank you as always as well. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.